Ephesians chapter 3, starting with verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we could ask or think, according to the power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Y'all can be seated. Would you pray with me? Jesus, please add a supernatural blessing to the reading of your word. There are those in here that have been emptied out, God, by various expected or unexpected discouragements or pains. Some here are full but full of the wrong kinds of elusive happiness and hopes. Others in here are, are joyful, but they still need your fullness, your fullness poured out. And, and I'm asking that you would come now and, and fill us with all your fullness so that we might overflow and living a responsive life of honoring you and making disciples for your glory. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, welcome again to the Springs. Uh, If you're visiting, my name is Peter. Uh, I serve as the lead pastor, and today we're in week three of our study in Ephesians, which has also been the same content as the week of prayer and fasting that we just completed. And I will say that this week has been the best our church has ever come together and prayed so far. Uh, it's been the best in the, in the 10 years of our church's existence. The 10th was the best so far. And so as we dive deeper into Ephesians 3, this passage that we just read, it starts with verse 14, and Paul says... For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father. Now, for us to know why he says, for this reason, we have to go develop the reasons that he says it for. And so I want to back up and develop some context. Uh, If you go to the start of the chapter, you guys can look up there or scroll up there. Around verse 1, he says, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus. Uh, We learn here and we're reminded here that Paul wrote this letter 
from a Roman prison. Paul's influence over the last decade before this or two for Christ had caused many thousands of people to receive new life and come under obedience to King Jesus. And what he was doing and what God was doing through him really led to a, a destabilization of the control of the rulers and authorities uh, in Rome around him. And they tried to put it to, to control by putting him in prison and uh, it didn't really work out for them. More and more people were getting freed by and full of the gospel of Jesus. He says a few verses later, three or four, yeah, he says that uh, it's a transcendent mystery, he says, that Gentiles would become partakers in the promise in Christ. In Christ, again, is our, our theme of the whole book. This mystery of being in Christ when we were far from him. Gentiles weren't supposed to be in Christ. That wasn't the plan, right? It's a mystery. The mystery revealed in the fullness of the gospel is that the gospel that was given to the Jews would so abound in the Jews that it would burst the floodgates of Judaism and reach people that were far from God and start winning over enemy nations. The gospel that would so abound from the Jews that it would conquer world hostilities. Nations in bitter and bloody racial and ethnic divisions would be brought under the rule and under the rule of the peace and grace that's found in Christ. And I ask this, is this a relevant message for us today? Is this a mystery that is worth seeing revealed in us today, church? You could say yes. Isn't it ironic, too, that Paul speaks of this earth-shattering freedom circumstantially while in prison? God often loves to bring his message in the most powerfully ironic ways. Let me give you another example. Has anyone ever heard the quote, Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. This quote wasn't a speech given. It was a letter written. Do you know who wrote that letter? The great doctor, Martin Luther King Jr., who we celebrate tomorrow. Do you know where he was when he wrote that letter? He was in a Birmingham jail. The irony of how God was delivering his message often doesn't seem to change. I think there's no better way for us as a special church that we are to celebrate the man whose heritage we live out in this country, to celebrate Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., than to connect to the fullness of the gospel that set him free and that even under the external bonds and bondages of injustice, he could preach an earth-shattering freedom then, and we can live it now. The same fullness of the gospel 
that rescued me from bondage, when a few campus students would not leave me alone and continued to preach the blood of Christ to me. And I've never been the same. And I continue to desire more of his fullness in me and in us. I think it's a relevant message today. MLK preached freedom while in prison. And Paul likewise here preaches freedom. And he pleads from his prison cell for our freedom and our true fullness. Paul says, goes on to say, Uh, In the middle of the chapter 3, though the church and through the church, God would choose to reveal the manifold wisdom of God. And it's been made known to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places. See, the so-called rulers in Rome had not been able to successfully establish peace and rule. With all the boastings of Pax Romana, they were unable to do what they desired to control people because there, there was a greater peace and a greater freedom. And Paul was speaking of it and continuing to propagate this message, the manifold wisdom through the church. And it's the same as our day. The donkeys and the elephants will never be able to produce a freedom in this nation or from this nation that only the gospel of Jesus Christ has been able to produce I don't care what promises are made. The lasting promise has already been given if we would stand on it and see God apply it. That's why Paul says, right before our passage starts, he says, so I ask you not to lose heart over what I am currently suffering for you, which is your glory. And church, I relay that to you. I don't know what your circumstances are. Uh, Clearly, you're not in a prison like Paul was. But whatever you are struggling with, don't lose heart. It is your glory to be present with God in the middle of whatever that is. Don't miss the glory that's available to you because of the external circumstances. This man is saying, I might be suffering on the outside, but I'm the one who's truly full. I might be uh, in prison on the outside, but I'm the one who's really free. And I desperately want you to walk in this freedom and to experience this fullness in Christ. So he gets back to our text, verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, verse 15, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Pause there for a second. We have unity. We have unity. In in this church, amidst all of the world's enmity and divisions based only on our common heavenly Father who names us new, who calls us to himself, who redeems us, and unites us together. Verse 16, so that according to the riches of his glory, he might grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. In your inner being. And then I think the heart of his message uh, in his prayer in church, the heart of my desire and my prayer this year, this day, is found a few verses later at the end of verse 19. It says, 
that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Would you say that? All the fullness of God. Today, whether you're empty or you're full or you're somewhere in between, there's more of Jesus for you and it's more than just for you. There's more of Jesus for you and that's because it's more than just for you. I pray that you would be so abounding with the fullness of God and all the fullness of God that things that cannot be explained aside from God would burst forth and spring up from your life. That's my prayer. And that's what God is doing. I pray that you would be filled with all the fullness of God, which operatively means more. More Jesus. More of God. And this is the reality of the upside-down church for God, the upside-down truth of the church and what God does in His Word is to fill us, sometimes we have to be emptied. If you want to live, the gospel says you have to die. If you want to be free, you have to be captured by a greater freedom than what you know. And so I'm going to ask you, as we prepare to go deeper into this passage, would you examine your heart for a second? Prayerfully ask yourself and imagine what would it be like to experience the fullness of God and all the fullness of God in my life. Think about this. What, what would your family interactions look like? Uh, parents of small children, what would bedtime look like? How would it be different? God, help me to see. How would your financial spending be different if you were fully filled with all of God? How differently would you use your phone or the internet? How would you approach God's church differently? How would you work differently and go to work around eternal souls that God has sovereignly placed around you? And what would those interactions look like? I've prayed for the fullness of God in me and in us. And as I've been praying and unpacking this scripture, here's how I want to organize my one point and how I kind of see going through the rest of our passage. It says one point, to be filled with all the fullness of Christ, you must be emptied of yourself. To be filled with all the fullness of Christ, you must be emptied of yourself. Don't be alarmed if you're suffering, if you're feeling like you're being emptied. Just like Paul says, don't be alarmed by my suffering. I happen to be in prison. Don't be alarmed by it. In fact, I've seen that in my life. This is a recurring theme. God is always more interested in, in the fight within me. He is always more interested in Filling me with a greater fullness, which requires precedingly some emptying in my life. To be filled with all the fullness of Christ, you must be emptied of yourself. 
And sometimes for me, I need to fast and literally have an empty belly to get some of the greatest fullness of encouragement. Uh, And in the middle of my fast this week, I encountered a few discouraging things because there was an unexpected way that God was wanting to fill me with his encouragement and not my own. To be emptied of yourself can be a thing that causes you to be full of the fullness of Christ. So here's how I see this played out in the rest of our text. Firstly, God wants to empty you of your strength and fill you with his. Verse 16, according to the riches of his glory, that he might grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. God wants to empty you of your strength and fill you with His. In this room, I know we have a lot of high achievers. You have lots of lists. You check them off. You perform well on a lot of things in life. And so maybe you're in this season saying, so why why am I suffering this, God? What if the emptying is everything God wants to do to boost your confidence? Sometimes you have to be emptied of self-confidence. And it's not because God wants you to lack confidence. It's because he wants to give you greater confidence, greater strength, strength that he achieves. His power is made perfect in human weakness. He is, he is wanting to, to make you truly strong. And Paul says, when I am weak, then I am strong. The joy of the Lord is my strength. My flesh and my heart may fail, but the Lord is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. I think revelation like this was given to men of God in emptiness, in God's strength. God wants to empty you of your strength and fill you with his. He doesn't want you just to rely on your outer performance. He wants you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Next thing I see is, number two, God wants to empty you of your love and fill you with his. Verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. There are are single people in here that are are, are longing for for love and suffering the the empty feelings as a result oftentimes. Uh, There are married people in here who face sometimes different forms of disillusionment, uh, left with longing for love, Because in various moments, we flawed spouses remind you that there is a limit to the depth and height and breadth of human love. 
And God isn't emptying you out to discourage you, but to fill you with His love. God is doing a new work and it's springing up from the ground. When you're found in Him, in His love, a love that will never leave you nor forsake you, that's when you are grounded in Him. You're not wandering back and forth ever, ever again. God's wanting to empty you of your love and fill you with His. The next thing I see, God wants to empty you of your power and fill you with His. Verse 20, now to him who is able, everyone say, he's able. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we can ask or think, according to the power at work within us, his spirit. Verse 21, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Let me assure you that God's power is at work in us. Maybe you feel on top of the world. Uh, Maybe you feel powerless. But something more profound and more true than what you feel is his power is at work in us. And sometimes you have to be emptied of your feeling of power because he's wanting to do a new work of power according to his glory. This is a year that you will see some of the most amazing forms of repentance where you've tried to convince this person. Uh, I've tried to, to, to persuade, but God's power is at work in us. You're going to see miracles and signs and wonders. And one great miracle is trust in a moment of emptiness. God wants to empty you of power in yourself and give you his power and prophetic power to flow from you. To be filled with all the fullness of Christ, you must be emptied of yourself. What you're about to see is an illustration of what God wants to do through you. He wants to do something in you that goes beyond you. Something in you that causes... Oh, I'll stay right here. (laughs) Something in you that not only fills you up, but causes you to fill others up. In your job, at your work, in your family. You've heard it said, oh, it's not about you. But when you're feeling empty and emptied out by other people, so often you need so much more uh, encouragement in the midst of that state. And I'm telling you, God is not just emptying you out for the sake of emptiness, but for all of his fullness for you. And it's not just for you, it's for those around you. I have a two-ounce cup and a 10-ounce glass. This cup represents you, and this glass represents everyone else around you. I need a volunteer because folks in the back, you haven't, I didn't talk to you about this before, did I? All right. I need you to come up here and stand and be a witness about this glass and answer this, these questions for the folks in the back. Is this cup pretty much full of water? Yes. 
Okay? Is this glass full of water? No. Okay, can you show the church? Demonstrate for the church? <laughs> See, I need Stephen, this volunteer, because what, what God wants to do for you in the midst of your need, uh, this is a picture of the miracle he's going to do for you. And even this, this illustration uh, displays the improbable thing that even a skeptic would, would, uh, would think. Hmm. Okay, so God wants to fool you, fill you. Sometimes it, it feels like that. He wants to fill you with all his fullness so that you fill others up. I'm going to ask you to raise your hands when you see this glass filled, okay? God wants to fill this glass through this five times smaller glass, okay? Raise your hand when you see it emptied. God uses your life poured out to fill others up. Raise your hands when, when this glass is filled. Okay? And so, so you find yourself <laughs> emptied out. And when you're empty, man, that, that's a different kind of praying. You're praying, God, fill me. And it's not like half full praying. It's not like, is it half full? Is it, is, it, is it half empty? No, it's just empty. It's a different kind of praying. You're praying, God, fill me with all the fullness. And you're believing. And in a, in a moment that you don't expect, God does something improbable to not only fill you up, and you see it's, it's more than just about you. Something improbable that doesn't have to, to, to fit with your math, with how you think your life is supposed to go, any less how you think this illustration is supposed to go. God fills you in an unexpected way, and you have to wait sometimes. And you're praying. And in that moment that, that you don't expect, God, according to his power, not according to your capacity, just like this picture, he continues to fill you up and you overflow and it's never ending for him. Okay, okay, okay. All right, thank you very much. Let's give him a hand. Church, don't be alarmed when you face things that you didn't expect it to go this way. God doesn't want to empty you for the sake of emptying, but for the sake of a better filling than you can fill yourself with. Above all else, we have a trust that Jesus was willing to give us all of his fullness because he is the one who emptied himself. The gospel is the good news that God became man in Jesus the same Jesus who Philippians 2 says emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. Jesus died so that we could live, live forgiven, live free, live washed, live new, live full lives. 
Jesus was emptied out so that we could have all of his fullness and so much more from our lives. Would you close your eyes with me? I want you to imagine God's hands coming to you and he's in his hands. It's full of his power, of his provision in your life. In God's hands, he, he has right now the, the spouse, the career, the ministry, the, the provision and healing. And I want you to imagine it. It's, what he really has is far more than you can, uh, than you can imagine because he's, he's able to do far more abundantly. But just imagine, he, he, he comes to you and says, my child, I've got the, the, the perfect thing for you, the, the, the perfect provision, the perfect calling, the, the perfect next step, and I want to just unload it on you. It's in his hands. But he comes to you and he says, I, I want to give this to you. But your hands are full. He says, I I want to give everything in my hands to you, but you're clinging on to all that's in your hands. What is that that's in your hands? Is it a a thing? A sin habit you're clinging to? An unrighteous relationship? Is it fear or worry? Can you just... Hold whatever that is out to God and just palms up, just extend whatever that thing is and think about it. For some of you, it might be a, a, literally a thing. Maybe you know God and there's just this, this thing that's crept into your life that, that you thought was harmless, but it's, it's choking out the fullness of God in your life. Or maybe you don't know God yet and you are surrendering to God your very life, whatever that is, would you just hold your hands out to God? Palms up. And if you can in faith say, God, you've emptied yourself of me. I'm going to empty myself of this. Just in faith, turn your hands over. Palms down. Then now again, palms up. Lord, I pray that even as we've done this symbolically, that you would give us the ability to see renewal and power and overflow in our lives. Lord, if there's people here that, uh, that need to talk to someone else about uh, repenting and believing for the first time in their hearts that you are Lord and having new life and being born again, I pray that you would, you would cause us to connect and experience that. But I'm asking, Lord, even in the next several moments that you would do a new work that we can't plan or contain or imagine. Would you stand to your feet with me?